Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at our website, ivypod.com. We're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Look out. We've got an email, mail at ivypod.com. And we've got three sponsors today, Mr. Sparkle in Peru, Illinois, Union Hall and Star Arcade in LaSalle, Illinois, and Bruce and Ollie's in Utica, Illinois. Let's begin episode 98 of the Ivy Podcast. Hello, Clayton. Hi. Welcome. We're Let's, here. We made it. Back in the garage. <clears throat> yep. I like it. Yeah, we did. The last one was inside. We were civilized. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was probably hot which, that day. Which then made me snobbish about the audio acoustics. So Did it? Oh, was yeah. it better? It, you know what? When we got close to the mics, it was okay, but there was a bit of an echo. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. It's the so cavernous is, old house. Yeah, the garage okay. is definitely more suited. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah it totally. must be just like the insulation on there oh maybe maybe because it's i had that thought when you were in there just i was like this is could get echoey yeah um, well and i yeah i get i get i'm an audiophile so i do that well when you make it work with um the quality that you're able to get with uh, the setup we have not that it's nothing but we uh, have an awesome setup i know but it's pretty some people would probably want a lot more yeah <laughs> it works greedy yeah it works for as much as we record it works for sure which i forgot we, we should have probably addressed that in the last show it's like you know, we we took this long break, and we. I think you kind of did. Yeah. What's did we? I mean, you know, we talked about um, just once school got in at learning the and that, remote learning and like the chaos that was. And like, I know just, we just the other night we were we, we it was mentioned we really should be more consistent. Yeah. It's like we know we know we should be more consistent, but we get on a groove and yeah. then then something happens. Well, life and, and family and yeah you know, those. Our, our first priority for us. Yeah, and it seems like yeah something always this happens. This is our hobby, and if it starts to become inconvenient, uh, we stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we, Not we, that we don't enjoy doing it, but sometimes if it if it's forced or if you... I mean, the pandemic thing was scary, too, because it was like, should we even be get, trying to get together? And, yeah, uh, that was um, weird there for a while. The and funny then, thing is, like, now in hindsight, it's like, yeah, the numbers most of the time were probably pretty good. We would have been okay. Yeah. But, yeah. but you don't know that for sure. So right. we, we did the right thing, and in a lot of cases, I think we started to get in when we were recording right up to the beginning of it, too, weren't we? Yeah, well, one a year ago was yeah. pretty much when we stopped. Oh, so, wow. exactly. Yeah, but we're gonna do our best, we're gonna try, we're gonna try to keep this going. But you know, don't be surprised if at some point we disappear again because it just happens. We should so. put some in the can, we should try to do one a week and then yeah. get like three or four ahead. So at least we have a window that would be a good idea, or maybe not that far, but. It's a little inside baseball. Maybe we don't need to put this on the show. Yeah, I suppose. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. They're like, shut up, guys. We don't care. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I do like recording. We're doing this on Sunday. What is today? Sunday morning, 926. 926. Yep. So this is, we're doing like morning records. It's kind of nice. I don't know. I got a, got a pretty busy, pretty awesome, you know, busy. What's the, what's the line from old school? Got a pretty good Sunday going. You <laughs> yeah. know, we're going to go to Bed Bath. No, we got a big trip. Uh, I don't know my wife and I, my wife and I, this is exciting, everybody. We're going to get some adult time, but not the way you think, dirty minds. 
No, the two of us are driving alone to Costco. Right. That's going to be awesome. You're going to load the van up. <laughs> We're going to stuff the van. You're going to buy stuff that probably more than you'll need. Probably. Uh, some stuff you won't buy enough of. Some some stuff you'll buy too much of. Exactly. Uh, right? Yeah, but and yeah. then you're definitely going to try some snack foods you've never had before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. But we're, yeah, we're new members, so we're really we're excited. Awesome. We're like... We're in the market it's for sad. that television, and I actually was like, John's going up to Costco. He's got that fan. I should tell him to get it for me. Because it's like, <laughs> depending on what we try to get, we might not. We might have to travel to get it. I was like, just get right, it. <laughs> right. I don't think that. I, I wouldn't ask you to do that. But it was funny because I was like, well, it would. I mean, he said he's taking the seats out. I mean, just lay it down and then put all the stuff they're getting <laughs> on top. I'm sure it would fit. <laughs> it's like I already did the whole math and everything on it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's it's nothing. It's no big deal. But it is kind of fun buying in bulk like that and just being like, okay, you know, here's what we're, we've been eating a lot of, or this is what we're been using up a lot of whatever consumables, like get your paper products, get your, oh yeah, you know. the kids love it. And they just, cause we pile it up and they see it and they're just like, whoa, yeah. there's so many fruit loops. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. I remember uh, giant boxes staying at a friend's one night when we were like junior high age and they had like a case of airheads. It was like a 96 Airheads or something in a box. I mean, the box wasn't that big, but I mean, it, it's still uh, one Airhead's probably too much. It was more right? than normal. If you remember lot- that candy. Oh, yeah. And I OD'd on Airheads because they just, his mom just was like, here. And it was like 100 Airheads. Destroyed like, your Yeah, you lick buds. like four of them, and that's pushing you it. Can't you can't feel eat, your tongue afterward. Yeah, yeah, like probably some sort of diabetic sugar <laughs> thing. Or like, you know, <laughs> it's like my stomach hurts. I, I, I mean, fingers are tingling <laughs> like, like what the hell is going on here everything tastes like watermelon or whatever blue razzleberry flavor yep um yeah it was, it was gross but yeah you would never and then you just like overly indulge because you have a, a five gallon bucket of pretzels or whatever oh i can't wait i'm going to and then i'm gonna regret it but yeah, i'm still gonna do it i don't care do they sell like beer cheap there or is that uh i don't think so okay I wondered if you could get like a '96 pack. Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. we'll have We're fun. Noobs. Which one are you going to? I th- that I don't know either. Okay, I think Joliet maybe. I think that's the closest oh, okay. one. Okay, they're all about an hour away. So. Right. I was. Yeah, I believe that because I think do they have one in Peoria now? Or are they? Yes, okay. they have one in Peoria. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably technically the closest, just not the easiest to get to. Right. Depends if you want to take the two lane roads. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Fun. Well, we do have, we mentioned it at the top of the show, and we're going to do things a little different with the sponsors, because we've got three this week, and I've got to say, it warms the heart when we don't record for a long time, and then we do come back, and we have someone reach out to us and be like, hey, you know, they say, uh, you know, we're glad to hear you're back, we'd like to sponsor, it's like, oh, man, that's yeah, so that nice. Yeah, it is awesome. Thank you. So, we do appreciate the sponsors, and uh, we've got awesome sponsors, like, I love all these places, so... And, uh, well, one of them's still coming, but got some things to say about that. So we're going to just kind of buzz through them really quick, and then we're going to use them as lead-ins for the stories, almost like AM radio style, because we've got so many, and we don't want people hitting that 30-second skip button, because I know I do. Well, oh, I yeah. Know. Yeah, That's especially right. if you already know about it. I know it's uh, coming. Yeah. Like Business Wars, they're like clockwork. At the beginning of the show, he does two minutes, and you know exactly. Right. He's very regimented. So yeah. It's like, skip, 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 four button presses. Stamps.com read. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever it might be, Audible, sheath underwear. Oh, like, yeah, all that all. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Mr. Sparkle, Auto Spa, now our longtime sponsor in Peru, Illinois. 
$3 car wash. Uh, Union Hall, I didn't mention it last time, Union Hall with Star Arcade. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that when we do that read. Uh, but Union Hall with Star Arcade in LaSalle, Illinois on Old School, Historic 8th Street. And then Bruce and Ollie's in Utica, downtown Utica, at Illinois. At the Bickerman Building. At the Bickerman Building, yeah. Such an awesome place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we got, we'll have some more to talk about with them. Give them, give them the time they're due. Yep. So, uh, that said, where should we start? Uh, should we jump right into this? So, we don't have a lot on the docket today. you know. But we, we did have uh, a historical topic that I thought was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. We could jump For into sure. that. yeah. So, in Streeter this weekend, uh, on the 25th of September, they had Pluto Fest. And in the, the main park there... Oh. Little airplane. Yeah. Yep. Can you tell no, what kind it is? Sometimes it's a prop plane. Prop plane, it's okay. It's not, not something... They've had, there's been bombers going over. Oh, at least I love when Friday the bombers night, are going the by. bombers went over, but at least one. Awesome. Uh so in in Streeter, uh, they had the Pluto Fest. You'd be like, well, what's that Pluto Fest? If you're not familiar with what they do there for that or why they're having it, it's nothing to do with the Disney character. This is for uh, for Clyde Clyde Tombaugh, who discovered the discovered the Pluto planet. Well, I'm sorry, discovered planet Pluto. Well, now it's considered a dwarf planet. They reclassified it uh, not that long ago as a dwarf planet, but for what 90 years it existed as. Our, our final ninth planet. Uh, right. So, and and the guys from Streeter, Illinois, uh, which is pretty amazing. So, we're going to kind of go into this a little bit and give a little bit of the background. There's a there's a ton of information on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's there's, a pretty there's, amazing there's, guy. There's YouTube videos. There's lots and lots of articles about him. So, if you're very, if you're interested, I would recommend uh, looking into him. We're going to kind of highlight some of his his info here. But yeah, he is from a farm uh, around Streeter, Illinois. He was born. February 4th, 1906, died uh, January 17th, 1997. And one of the coolest aspects of, of this is that, and where is it? He, the New Horizons probe that went out just not that long ago, uh, 2015. The new, I don't know if people watched this stuff on the news, saw some of the pictures that came back from the New Horizons space probe where it took really detailed imagery of Pluto. That probe had uh, Clyde Tombaugh's ashes on it, or mm-hmm. some of his ashes on yep. it. That thing is, I think, continuing to go outside. I mean, it's it's so, not stopping, So, but it did pass Pluto. I mean, how perfect is that's that? That's rad. Like, he, he is credited with discovering the solar system's third zone. Third so zone, must, right. So that must be the designation wire, I mean, with, with Pluto not being a planet right within. Something. Yeah, so the thing is, they... Out, once you get that far out, so they discovered back in, wow, 19, uh, where was it? Back in... When did he discover? 1781, Pluto? we knew that there was six planets. And then in 1824, they discovered, uh, however you want to say, Uranus, Uranus, whatever, mm-hmm. however you feel comfortable. Uh, <laughs> they discovered that. But they knew from the, the way that it was moving that it seemed like it was being influenced. And so they knew something was out there. And that's when they, in 1846, they discovered Neptune. And then, but still, just the way it was moving, they they felt the math behind it showed that there had to be something else out there. Mm-hmm. And that led to this big uh, search for Planet X. And uh, they this guy, uh, Percival Lowell, who was a wealthy guy from Boston, he, uh, he was on the search. He created this uh, uh, a huge, or he built a huge telescope and was on the search for this Planet X. And Clyde 
Tombaugh, who was he was an amateur. He was born in, in in Streeter, I think. I don't. So he was born in Streeter, then moved to Kansas in 1922. But you know, as a young person, he was he self taught on everything, math, right. geometry, algebra. A, yeah, they talk about him digging a, a trench to experiment with his mirrors and yeah, uh, for, lenses for he building made his own. telescopes. Yeah, he built <laughs> and his in own. In that era, I mean. That's insane. Is that he I dug think a it's pit twenty four foot long, eight foot deep, and seven foot wide. This provided a constant air temperature, free of air currents, and also uh, he, his family used it as their root cellar and emergency emergency shelter. That is, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the idea that he was able to um, procure—I mean, I don't know if he had to go in the back of like a scientific magazine and write on a postcard to order something or if you telephones it's, or what was, I mean, I don't even know if they were. Well, it, I guess his, it kind of got started. His uncle gave him a simple like Sears telescope. Okay. And that kind of got him, inspired him. That's awesome. And then from there he built his own, but it wasn't good enough. And I don't know how true it is. I saw some articles in here that said, oh, he built a, his first telescope from parts from a Buick and, and farm equipment. And it's like, okay, that kind of sounds like, Maybe they embellished Stretched, a little bit. Yeah. But who cares? You know, right. he he he, he was story. able to get build his own friggin' telescope and and make these mirrors and and with with what he built, he was able to study, I believe, Mars and Jupiter. And he took detailed sketches and 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 a lot of uh his observations and data analysis on what was going on with those planets. He sent them off to this Lowell observatory, the the this observatory that Percival Lowell made. Uh, to use on the search for Planet X. Well, actually, he used it for studying Mars, too. But either way, uh, he sent off his data just because he wanted to get some peer review. Mm-hmm. They saw it, and they were like, let's give this guy a job. Yeah, he said, they said he <laughs> sent drawings of Jupiter and Mars to the, and probably all the other stuff that he was, you know, his notes and stuff. Yeah. And then they, they offered so him, they just were like, do you want to come work here? Yeah. <laughs> so he came, and he was started off just as an amateur, you know, operating the telescope that they had there, and he just became just such a valued employee. And then the sad part about this is this Percival Lowell guy who started this search for Planet X because they knew it was out there. They knew something was out there uh, in that zone, third zone or whatever you mm-hmm. mentioned before. But uh, he never found it. He died before he found it. Uh, but he did he, he did have you know a good endowment where he was able to keep, after he passed away, he willed uh, money to the Lowell Observatory to keep it going. And then that's when Clyde joined on uh i think it was where when he discovered when he when he actually went to work oh uh 1927 29 to 1945 okay at the lowell observatory yeah 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 Yeah, 29 so and then he discovered pluto in 1930 it looks like so yeah he went to work there continued the search for planet x and he sure enough found it and the the tediousness of this i Oh, I forget which article it, it went into the fact that the telescope would take these pictures uh, of and like a picture one day or a couple pictures one day another pictures another day and then he had a device that would like flash the two images together so you could see the differences oh. and it would just do quick flashing and then he would have to sit there and study this thing that had literally thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dots on it and he would just be staring at this thing looking for differences you know, and most of the stars wouldn't move much, or they shouldn't move at all. But he was looking for something to move. So, I mean, just trying to find literally a needle in a haystack, trying wow. to find something that was moving different than everything else. And I think it—I didn't quite gather from the articles how long it took him 
because on one thing I thought it said it took him a week, but then another thing I think I think it took him like one week to study one like set of pictures because I thought it actually took like nine months or something for him to finally like to go through and find this. And I could be wrong about that, so correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But uh, I, I believe it took like roughly nine months of just staring at dots on these pictures where he finally discovered this one little dot that was moving different than everything else. Well, and he did it before he was even like trained. Yeah. So, I mean, and that that being said, it's like one of those where, uh, life lesson sort of things. It's like you want to do something, just start doing it. Yeah, uh, and then you in. can do you know figure all the rest of the part out later. And yeah. that, that was like because he did he went back to got his bachelor's and master's degree from thirty six to thirty eight. Yeah, University so, of Kansas. Yeah, so but he discovered Pluto in nineteen thirty. Yeah. So like he obviously knew what he was doing. It's yeah, like I think he did it, a quick I, study geometry I and, and algebra. I guess it was all self taught and astronomy a lot. Just everything. It's nuts, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, really, just a cool guy. I mean, yeah, that's. And you talked about that zone three thing. Like, even after he he found it, I guess they found that there's still didn't quite add up the the math of it all. After he found Pluto, they still knew that there were other things out there, and that's actually what kind of led to the reclassification of it as a dwarf planet. Because then, like, what after he discovered it. Uh, when would, when did they actually? It's, the, it's just not that long ago like, that they started um, like, finding all these other yeah, dwarf planets. He, he I mean, really, this is they, they, the, I don't know how you pronounce this. If it's the Kuiper Belt, K U I P R. Yeah. So that's what that that's what Pluto is in. Um, and it's just and filled with rocks. It's filled with all kinds rocks. of stuff, and and uh, at least there was a one called Eris right. that was more massive than Pluto, um, and that's what. So they, there's a whole band of stuff i guess in this belt and that's that so that's why i yeah. mean i think they were they reclassified because they they're like oh there's a whole bunch of these we can't have a million yeah we can't planets. say these are all planets yeah, yeah these are all so, these these tiny little planets like the size of the moon right yeah they're not really planets and but although it sounds like i think once the new horizons went there i think it did discover that it had geography and it looked like it had an internal temperature too so i mean it's not Although it's not a full blown planet, it does have the characteristics of a planet. Right, and maybe maybe had mountains on it. And wow, things. that's interesting. Yeah, they, they, Clyde Tombaugh discovered the Kuiper Belt. That's a hell of a lot more interesting than a ninth planet. That's what Hal Levinson said. Really? Oh, um, that's well, who, that is... who must be some sort of American planetary scientist, according to this. So he just. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, they took Pluto away. I think there's a lot of good jokes out there. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Like making fun of scientists and stuff. It's like, oh no, that's what makes science great is we can, can adding on. Yeah, you well, you just you keep going and you and having the understanding that at any point something that you thought you knew can change, or right? The, and then you can reassess it and maybe in this case reclassify it, and that's okay. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, there was uh, a, what was I listening to? Uh, uh, what's this guy's name? It's Kraus. Uh, he's got a podcast. Uh, um. Lawrence Krauss, the Origins podcast, and kind of sometimes a little heavy, but it's a pretty good podcast. And uh, but he made a comment like that that you know just because they've discovered all this new stuff in physics doesn't mean Newton was wrong. Right. They've just added on. Right. They just keep adding on more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's how everything works. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So like the Pluto that. thing is is a good example of some people. Well, that's just dumb. It just tells me that those people don't know what they're doing. It's like, well, it tells me the opposite. So no. someone, guess I mean, somebody could be wrong. It's you know? so far away. I mean, we we don't even. It's hard to even fathom. Just it. yeah, grasp how far away this stuff is. Right. I mean, 
we can see it's just a dot. It's a speck. I mean, and you got to have a super high powered telescope to see it. It's a fleck I mean, of dust geez. in the in the uh, inside sunbeam. You what know? the the Voyager <laughs> probes have been flying on space since the 1970s, and they just left our solar system. That's oh, wow. that was back. They they were launched. I think it was like 1970. I'm guessing here 73 ish. Wow. And they just left the solar system, or one of them did. The other ones hasn't made it yet. Uh, I mean, it's so far. It's yeah. just so far. <laughs> and they're going pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, from what yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. I think this is interesting stuff. If you're bored, we apologize. But mm. I think, I mean, just to say that this guy was from Streeter, Illinois. And, and it's not like he was in Streeter for like a year and then moved away. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, towns will claim credit for being the birthplace of somebody, and he was there for, he was a baby when he left. But no, this guy grew up in Streeter. He left in, it sounds like, in his late teens. Then he finished high school in Kansas, uh, but started off growing up in Streeter, mm-hmm. Illinois. God started his passion, and hey, just something to be proud of. It's pretty awesome. And they've got a pretty cool, um, since I work in Streeter and I see the downtown, they've got the, the wall dogs did all those mm-hmm. murals, murals all over, and there is a pretty cool mural of him with the telescope. Oh, there was a couple other things. Uh, he... There, he, he actually helped in the 1940s during World War II. He helped teach navigation mm-hmm. in the Navy. Saw that. It's not just Pluto. He really did do a lot. He was a professor. Then he, was a, he worked at the White Sands um, Proving Ground, which is now White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico. Uh, he was a chief optical measurements scientist there. Oh, and he also... This was another thing. I think this is extremely important that is, you don't hear about is after nine, nine years at White Sands, Tom Bow left in 1955. He later received the Medal of Pioneers of White Sands Missile Range for his work there. And then from 1953 to 55, he led the Near-Earth Satellite Search, which is an Army project conducted by the Lowell Observatory. So this was a crucial mapping of just our upper atmosphere, just the space surrounding Earth to identify if... It's okay to send our spaceships. Before we ever sent anybody to the moon and we started sending ships up there, they were studying it to make sure they're not going to run into something. Right. So he was part of the, this team. that, Like a band of rocks or just yeah, whatever. Yeah, just to make sure whatever, it's safe to do it. And so Whatever he, space junk could be flying around exactly. around the planet. So he helped identify that, yeah, it's okay. We can launch people up there. And now so. it's littered literally with uh, satellites. Oh, God. It? They just, yeah, it's litter, literally littered. Yeah. And, <laughs> And they just sent the civilian crew, the SpaceX just sent that civilian crew a first time, a fully civilian crew up to space. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, it only costs, it's only going to cost you like $10 million for a plane, plane trip or For some people, spaceship. that's a drop in the bucket. I guess, yeah. <laughs> he's also, I probably, and we're, John and I were debating whether we brought this up before, he's the great uncle of Clayton Kershaw, the, that is so the Dodgers left-handed pitcher who's a, a stud. <laughs> Absolutely. Probably go, he could very well be in the Hall of Fame because he's won some World Series. I think he will. Yeah, I he's, think he's, he's going to end up there for sure. Maybe not. Yeah, it could be. He's got a couple Cy Youngs under his belt. Yep. Uh, he's pretty darn good. But yeah, that's it's funny. What I did the lineage. I did some family history stuff recently. So I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that kind of stuff now, just within the last couple of weeks. Just a couple other little notes here. 1970s, he worked at the New Mexico State University and directed the New Mexico State University Photographic Planetary Patrol. He retired. He kept on. He did a lot of study uh, working on the vortex. That's that big red spot on Jupiter. Oh. And how that moves. Did a lot of work on that. 
I mean, God, the, the list of things he did. Uh, he died in uh, 1997 at the age of 91. And, and we mentioned before, his ashes are on the New Horizons probe, launched 2006, and reached Pluto in 2015. So I'm trying to see if there's any other. I mean, that's kind of covers it. I mean, glossing over a lot of it, but it's really, really interesting stuff. I'm just scanning through. Bear with us if there's anything else here. Yeah. No, I think that's probably pretty good. Unless you see anything else here. No. He helped set up optical tracking for following ballistic missiles. Wow. That's where the money's at. That's where the money's (laughs) at. They're darn right. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, Clyde Tombaugh, scientist, astronomer from Streeter, Illinois. How about it? Yeah. Good local history. Good local history. So... In no connection or segue whatsoever, we're going to jump into Mr. Sparkle, tell you a little bit about them. The three dollar home of the $3 car wash. Yes. 251 Shooting Park Road, Peru, Illinois, $3 car wash. Free we, vacuums tucked from, in behind that CVS. And oh, sweet. yeah. I stopped by, to, I mentioned last time, I have to lift up the car seats. I Ugh. find all the crumbs and disgusting yeah. things. Mr. Um. Sparkle helps me out. And they've got membership cards, too, where if you go and you, you get a car wash, you scan your card, and after so many, you'll get a free car wash. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to just get the $3 car wash. If you want to give your car some real love, you know, you can really go the full distance with mm-hmm. some nice tire treatments and, mm-hmm. and the, the really spot. Water wicking the, the <laughs> wick, well, wax or something and different sprays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's a good time. I mean, I would recommend it. They'll, they'll spray oh, yeah, it. the undercarriage <laughs> treatment, too. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, they get the salt off the chassis. And the Definitely, yeah. Come wintertime, which sadly is coming soon, uh, you're going to want to stop by there to take care of your car because that salt will you know, eat the it, shit out it, of your car. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, no, Mr. Sparkle in Peru, Illinois. We thank you for your sponsorship. Go over there. Bring your kids. Kids love it, even if they're terrified. Yeah, play a fun song. Oh, yeah. Hey, that, if you got a sunroof, open it. Not, no. You, know, you got to you know, slide the thing back so you can see the, the, the stuff hitting. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the kids love that when they, they covers it in the white, and then yeah. the spotlight shines on it. We put on, like, Pink Floyd or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, heck Yeah. <laughs> We did that was one of our TikTok. We did a TikTok video on that. That was one of our only TikTok videos. Do we should do do one where we a promo for TikTok where we take a car up to the car wash and (laughs) (laughs) be fun. Yeah, we don't know how that's supposed to work. So yeah, we're not. We're we're just learning this whole TikTok thing. So we're trying, but it's a big deal apparently. So we're gonna try. Yeah, check them out, Mister Sparkle, three dollar car wash, Peru, Illinois. Next topic. We talked last time about, well, we in the past shows, we talked about the gaming slot places and the revenue that that's generating for the state. We've also talked about the cannabis. I don't know if, a little bit about some of the revenue that's bringing for the state. And then most recently, um, they added sports betting too. I think actually they allowed that right around the same time as cannabis. But it, it nah, wasn't, you know, I, it wasn't as big of a news story, but it was kind of happening right at the beginning of the pan, right at the beginning of the pandy. It's, I think it's only been like a year and a half. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. It's okay, it's, yeah, but either way, I mean, it was in it. What made it so accessible was you could sign up on your phone, and when it was originally announced, you were going to have to go register at a casino, and that's how it is now. Um, yeah, it's it back just to that. changed. Though, it just right? changed. Yeah. So if you wanted to gamble, like on FanDuel or our. Uh, uh, 
what's the other DraftKings? DraftKings, yeah, those are the two big players. And then now there's a lot. There's of a whole more, bunch of there's them a now. Ton. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made, whatever. But you would actually, they had an affiliate casino in Illinois where you physically now have to go sign up. But Pritzker dropped that requirement for because COVID. of COVID. Yeah. So, um, so all you had to do is go on your phone, register, and you were in. Right. And, and the, it's nuts that you could just be like, yeah, I, I, you don't have to go down to whatever if you're if you did gamble before illegally technically which we've talked a ton about gambling on here if you ever go back to our old episodes oh yeah we we talk about the you know under the table gambling and is it that bad whatever now it's at least on the up and up i suppose but it is it is convenient that you can easily get your money in and out and it is not and you don't have to worry about if you did win a decent chunk of change it's like okay well i hit for five grand or something like that (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> like what do I like? How do I get that? You know, like do they mail you a check? Do you transfer? Right. Do you just let's just do it all in Bitcoin? Like oh yeah, uh, sure. I mean, there's actually, and that is if you, if you I think did gambling online before. I think that was a probably the best and easiest way to handle any of the transactions to avoid because it's the closest thing right. to cash transaction. Right. Yeah. Now you could just straight up use PayPal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So, or even deposit on a credit card, which is a risky move if you're if you're really hooked. If the gambling gets its hooks in you, you're uh, yeah probably I would, shouldn't be using your credit yeah, card. Yeah, <laughs> I would recommend keep responsibly. Be doing responsible. It. Yeah. Be careful. I mean, you can get carried away with it. Although I will say, uh, last night they gave me a 20, 20% profit boost. I always, okay, I don't bet that often. Yeah. But when they give me those profit boosts, I do gamble and they gave me a 20% parlay profit boost for yesterday's NCAA games. Okay. I bet two bucks. I won 22 bucks. Whoa. Yeah. So it was like the same game, like a same game parlay or did you just string together a bunch four, of games? Just string together four games. Right. And, did uh, you pick them straight up or against the spread? Straight up. Straight yeah. up. Okay. Did, was there an underdog in there or was it just two of them? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, it you, was just who, lucky. Who were your picks? Oh, so it was, it was like New, Notre Dame and Wisconsin was yesterday, right? Yeah. We, I went with Boise state and I went Arkansas they were the underdog. Michigan State, they were not an underdog. And UTEP, they were an underdog. So I had two underdogs. Nice. So, yeah, I was very excited. Sniff out. That's awesome. I don't normally do parlays right. because well, and you, you, they're hard. You'll do 10 more of them and you're going to lose every one. Yeah, exactly. And back to $2 at a time. And it just keeps you playing. That's why, I mean, I get hooked by these. They always throw you free credits and stuff. So Oh, that's how they keep you. They're, like, they're smart about it. They know yeah, how to keep you going. Yeah, and that's like yeah, here or there playing. And I, now I'm back doing the uh, daily fantasy stuff, too. See, yeah. Uh, oh, are you? Yeah, got, well, they, they you, gave me credits. And then I went in and looked, and I had, because I've done it, I've been playing that for since 2010. Yeah. So, like, I'm 10 years into it. Not a lot. I mean, during football season's the most fun. But I started on FanDuel when they were brand new. And I hit. Uh, I, I started playing their free games that were being promoted on something, and I won free money. And mm-hmm. then I played with the free money, and then I hit for like three hundred. I, I won a contest, and I won like three hundred fifty bucks. And so I actually took out a bunch. Well, however, that worked. I don't even remember how it worked. And then I just played on that money forever. And then uh, I've probably given that back. I'm guessing yeah. over the last ten years, but really not much more than that so uh, but it's always ten dollars here five dollars here but it's always those one two i mean sometimes five and ten dollar games if my account starts to get more money in it it's all free anyway i'm yeah. just trying to build it up and yeah, right, see if i can get something of maybe maybe pay for a dinner at some point you know mm-hmm. try to cash out but yeah i i uh you could get lost in it and well and i can say i i would be 100 percent honest i i got got lost in it for a little while during the pandemic 
we had nothing to do. Yeah. And I'm just sitting around making these bets. And I it's gam- was, gambling on Taiwanese baseball. <laughs> there's also yeah stuff like that. Well, what happened was I, there was a a podcast called The Daily Juice, and he would give picks mm-hmm. every day. And then he has a, his own Discord server, so there's like a ton of people in there, mm-hmm. and everybody on the Discord server was given their bets. So I'd be just, I'd, I'd be lost in it, going through the list of it, what everybody's betting on, and mm-hmm. and I'd start just doing all these bets too. Always small little dollar. Right. I, like again, I've said yeah. it before, I bet a dollar, yeah. but still, uh, they're racking up just lots and lots. You of, still get um, that drip though, man. You get that yeah, dopamine. Yeah, it doesn't drip, matter. Right? Yeah, a win's a win. <laughs> right. And uh, the. But yeah, I was kind of getting lost in that Discord server with like following everybody's bets. And after a while, I was like, enough. I got to stop this. Yeah. This is this is too much. Right. And you up- said like you're still playing on your original $25 deposit. Yeah. So yeah. it's but, not even money at this point. And then it starts to get how much time am I spending that's on the it? Problem. That's, that's the problem. That's, that's where I kind of started yeah. to realize like I am spending way too much right. time on this. I get that's what like yesterday I probably spent two hours looking at lineups and then I, as I'm like looking, I'm just, I just keep jockeying players around and doing yeah. the whole thing. I was like, this is so stupid. What am because I doing? like the first one I set, and then I'll go back and I'll fiddle with it. And then I'll fiddle with it again. It's like, just set it and forget it, maybe. Yeah. I mean, just make sure all the guys are going and it's smart, but whatever. But it's all just a crapshoot anyway. Right. I, just, I think I got it in my mind that I was like, well, I'm going to win one of these million dollar contests. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And I'm like trying to do that. Not, not intentionally necessarily, but positive, like, well, you're never. You're never going to win it if you don't say you're going to win it. I mean, which is a weird way to put it, especially on something like it's like saying you're going to win the lottery. I think people do that probably every day, and of course, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them never will. Um, but I know one of our good friends said that once, like going to a drawdown where they're doing like raffle boards and uh, uh, tickets for for shotguns and shit, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm going to get I'm going to get one tonight. I'm going to win a gun." And I remember thinking, and he did. He did. And I was like, "This is." Bonkers! Like, how the hell is that supposed to work? So I went to one of those things, and I went into it. I was like, I'm fucking getting a gun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm going to win one of these drawings, and I'm going to get me one. And I did. Wow. So I was like, okay. Mind over so matter. Like, you know, How'd you do that? I got lucky, obviously. <laughs> I mean, and you could believe whatever you want, but when it comes right down to it, it is, at that point, I could have just as more likely that, that I was going to lose. It was just... Wow. Yeah, yeah, and, That's I, and cool. so like into these, you get into these good contests and stuff. It's like just you need to put it out there, right? And I'm not into that, like necessarily the hokum of it all. Like I'm not trying to. Uh, well, you just have to visualize yourself at the finish line. See? Uh, <laughs> Focus finish. Focus I also finish. think there is probably value in that. Like, I mean, especially when it's like a physical or like a athletic endeavor. For sure, I think it's good to sort of visualize yourself doing certain things or whatever. But uh, just winning is maybe not because <laughs> there's not a whole lot of skill. When you talk about when stuff it's like games that. of chance, you know. <laughs> you make me. You make me remember uh, our, our seventh grade science teacher, Mr. Ponti, who would love him. Uh, Peru, Peru, Washington school, who would. Tell us that you know you could, if you visualized before you left your house, if you visualized the parking spot being open when you got there, it would be open. And yeah. he, he was full of interesting yeah. stuff. He used to hide cash around the room. Yeah, and if you uh, found it, you got to keep yeah, it. Yeah, it would just be, and sometimes it'd be like a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, he he would tell you later. I don't know if anybody ever pulled the hundred, but I don't he, think he's so. like, hey, just everybody knows there was a hundred dollar bill in this room for a whole week, and no one saw it last week, and that was his way of telling a young. Uh, what junior high age children kids that you you something you think you see 
but you don't see. You know, yeah. like that's so he'd be able to see the the forest where the trees kind of meant like that sort of. Yeah, a lot of Asian influence, right? The so Buddhist, Eastern, Eastern yeah. philosophy, very and stuff. Asian Buddhist philosophy. And uh, that was one of them. And I remember I, I found like a five dollar bill in a poster board or something, and he's like, I was like ah! "Yeah, <laughs> wow, so, junior so high, stoked. that's a yeah. huge deal." Yeah, it's like this is like back then five yeah, dollars like was packs like the tops big baseball deal. cards, you know, <laughs> fifty cents a piece. I mean, actually, that was probably a little later, but. Uh, I think by then, Upper Deck and whatnot were out. So Taking it was like over, two yeah. packs, because those were like $2 a piece. But oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love that sort of mentality, just being able to see it. Uh, it it's the same as like the synchronicity stuff that people say. It's like, well, I this happened and this happened again, and it was like just a co- crazy coincidence. Uh, and look, the same as visualizing. It's kind of in the same genre. But if, if, if it gets you excited and you... Whatever keeps you going, right? You got to find those little little wins every day that make you smile. But I will just put it back out there that using this technique for sports gambling is probably in the long run not going to work well, so because the house always wins. That's right. That he who gambles lives in shambles. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what we brought this up in the first place. As of today, and this is a running total on PlayIllinois.com, Illinois, Illinois sports betting by the numbers so far Dollars of sports wagers, total sports betting handle in the Illinois history so far since its inception, $5,497,674,000 uh, revenue, 430978 or no, $430 million, I'm sorry, and then tax dollars for the state for Illinois to date, $67 million. $519,000 of tax revenue that has so far been built. And this was, these are numbers that, I mean, this doesn't even barely include the football season, which is, I, right. I would that's imagine, just for, the from biggest. 2021. That's just the start. Wow. Uh, no, no, that's from the inception. Oh, okay. So it has been probably a year and a half of right. numbers. But that is huge. It's I mean, that's just enormous. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see, and I would like to revisit this if we can keep our, our act together and recording come the end of the year to see what the total tax dollars is of sports betting, cannabis, and uh, slot and slot gaming in Illinois, and what's all the syntax. And I would, as a as a someone who's actually studied this before, who is paying this? So the demographics on it is it what oh, age, yeah, sure. what age group, which you know where are they living, uh, what are their incomes? You know the family gross family incomes, or just to know what the households, just to know. What effect is this actually having on the people? Because we might find it might be ugly, and it's it's really affecting people that are in lower income brackets that really shouldn't be gaming, gambling, or you know, uh, smoking cannabis or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, they're yeah, dropping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's there. It's it, it's the the idea that it could be tax on the poor. Now, now these are freedoms that I I think that as adults maybe. We should have, but I, but I just think it, it, how it's uh, who it's actually affecting could be interesting. You yeah, know? we'll because, see. Yeah, we'll see. Because <clears throat> you, you wonder if it's I'm like, of the mindset to legalize everything. I'm too. I'm cool with that. Well, I you know what I I actually I probably lean that way too. Just from a uh, it does. I mean the I'll, the prohibition doesn't work because no. there was I, I, you could have gone and dumped the a, a twenty will, into a blackjack will. machine within a, a half a dozen places within a mile and a half of here. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and you could you could 
you know, war on drugs didn't exactly right. work. Right. It's not <laughs> like there was never any cannabis in the area. It wasn't, yeah, right. you know. Uh, and the same thing, there was the slots and all those things were at, you know, all that, all this stuff sort around. of existed. Yeah. Um, and that was one of, one of our talk when we'd talk about sports gambling at the local level, that always cracked me up. It's like, well, at least the money's staying local. It's not getting siphoned out of the community by some uh, multinational conglomerate, gam- you know, um, casino company. and. Right. That that to me could be problematic too, because then you at least like with the local underground gambling, that money seriously would stay in the community. There was not a a, a, a funnel going right out of state, basically. Mm-hmm. So, well, right now it seems like it's all getting pumped to the state. So I'm anxious one to see the total right. dollars and then how they use it, because Illinois has problems with their money. So sure, if it it's helping, I, I would imagine. I just I yeah, I want to see how much it's helping and right. how they're going to use it. Cool. Yeah. Good. Well, one. and and hey, since you brought since we're talking about slot machines and sports gambling, that is the kind of the perfect segue for one of our new sponsors, Union Hall, with Star Arcade in LaSalle, Illinois. So we talked about them last time. They are not open yet, but I I think we are the first to unveil that they are opening this week. They're doing a very soft opening. They're just gonna kind of start really small with limited hours. Um, I think Monday Monday through Wednesday, it's going to be like 10 to 2, and, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday is going to be 10 to 6, and, but they're going to expand beyond there. So it's, and, it's but, I mean, the original opening or initial opening, is it's operating as a gaming parlor kind of. So here's the deal, and I didn't mention this last time, so it, it, the Union Hall, so and the name, it kind of comes from, it's the Star Union Building, so that, that name was taken to spread out to the two different locations, the one on the corner, and then right next to it, there's this, the Union Hall, which is going to be the gaming, and that's going to be the adult side of, of the facility. you got to be 21 to go in there. There's a bar, uh, and then the gaming machines. Uh, a lot of seating, four TVs. It's pretty sweet. Uh, I've, I've been over there now a few times. It's pretty awesome. But then on the other side, not open yet, but it should be open in the next few weeks, is the Star Arcade side. And that's just like classic pool tables, dartboards, video games. And so and that all ages can go in there. So I can say it's uh, having been to some of the local slot places. You know, I, I don't get too often. My wife and I get a date night. But once in a while, we get out. And we might hit up a slot place or two. And... I could say there's nothing quite like this place. It's huge. It's old. It has like an old-timey kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. A lot of original uh, architectural uh, qualities. Yeah, it, yeah. Renovated back to kind of more like well, to its, its original, original ceiling. The ceiling and, is neat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hey, guess what? If you're listening to the show and you got nothing going on this coming Saturday, what, what day is Saturday? Like October. October 2nd? Yeah. I'm going to be over there. I'm going to be working there all day. I'm going to be 10 to, 10 to 6. I'm going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be pulling the long duty. So if you got nothing going on, stop on over, have a beer, watch some, probably some NCAA football. Yeah. And we can hang out. And I'll probably, maybe I'll bring out the box of shirts. I still got a ton of uh, Illinois Valley alternative podcast t-shirts. Yeah. I also found a bag of like these chachis I made on a 3D printer way back in the day. They can give away some of those things too. So if you happen to be. I still have some of that. Driving around, stop in classic historic 8th Street. So that's 8th Street and Crozat, Crozat, Crozat. We had <laughs> that problem Street. last time. Crozat Street. Uh, 8th and Crozat Street in in LaSalle, Illinois. Out on the corner there. Stop on by next Saturday. I'll be there. Say hello. Yeah. I'll awesome. give you a shirt. Maybe, yeah. 
You still have a nice range of sizes too, right? I have everything but large. There you go. Don't have any larges, but right. I do have our small, medium, and extra X, large X. people can. Uh, yeah. If you're XL, but if you're average. Yeah, small, medium, yeah. extra large, triple X, double X. Yeah, I got a couple of those too. So nice. Yeah, stop on by. Why not? We're, I think we might record there at some point. We should. We should. Yeah. And hear those slots going off. Visualize yeah. yourself winning before. You go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. This last, before we do kind of like our usual what we've been listening to type segment, I've got to bring back the old classic. Boars and Bernstein oh, yeah. segment here. Who you crapping? I want to be kind because the uh, where's that article? The author, Bo yeah. or Ben Donner. Ben Donner, yeah. So, yeah, on the right team for the News Tribune, Shaw Media. Uh, so it looks like a young guy from IVCC, I believe. So I, you know, I give him credit for writing an article, an opinion article for the the News Trib. So I'm not going to jump all over this guy, but, but I the, have uh, to Thursday, do... September 16th uh, paper. Ben, yeah. I'm going to have to throw you on the old school Who You Crappin' article. Because he, he wrote, or Who You Crappin' segment from Boers and Bernstein from back it in the day. It is an opinion piece, so this is what it's you're supposed opinion. to do. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's his opinion. It's totally cool. He wrote an article that talks about how trash talking is an effective tool in sports and he's primarily focused on the NBA and he brings up uh Kevin Kevin Garnett being a you know oh no he Tim Duncan being like one of these guys who was kind of a quiet guy who who apparently during games was a pretty right. vicious trash yeah, talker. Kevin Garnett noted him as being someone that people didn't realize but was kind of brutal. Like it, could be yeah. just get in your head a little bit. So he he talks about how you know trash talk is used for the mental aspects of sports. But the part that jumped out at me is he said, uh, you know, you do not need to be the best athletically to be effective at the sport. Trash talk is an effective tool in sports because it is, because it is used to get inside the opponent's head and distract them. And he goes on to say, take Dennis Rodman, for example. He was not the greatest basketball player, but every other player wanted to fight him throughout each contest because of his trash talking. So that's where I'm going to have to say, hold on a second. Let's pull out the stats. Where'd, where'd the stat sheets go? Where'd they go? I have my own here. Oh, oh, I got one. I got one. Dennis Rodman, Hall of Fame NBA player. He was in the Hall of Fame, uh, inducted 2011, enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 2011. Five NBA championships, 11,954 total career rebounds. Two times he was the Defensive Player of the Year. And seven times he was the NBA All Defensive First Team uh, from the in the '90s. Like his, I mean, if you look at his stats, he would get average of five to six offensive rebounds per game, and an average of twelve rebounds defensive rebounds per game. So typically, fifteen to he. he I mean, it wouldn't 17, 18. fifteen to seventeen, eighteen average rebounds per game. His he was gifted. I mean, he was he's not even the biggest guy in the world, too. He's only 6'7 for the NBA. That's not that big. Yeah, his career averages were 4.8 offensive rebounds, 8.4 defensive rebounds gains at 13.1. So, but, I mean, in some years it was up to 16, 17, and 18 when he was at his peak. He would, <clears throat> he was ferocious. He was, he would, he would always knew where the ball was bouncing and how to get himself in position to make the rebound. And he would put his body at risk to get those rebounds sometimes. 
I mean, it, no, he was not a great shooter, but just aggressive as all hell. So his insinuation is that part of his genius was he could get in players' heads, and I don't know. Is that true? You think? From what? Yes. Remember when we watched him in? In I mean, I was a pretty pretty big NBA fan in the nineties, uh, and uh, my recollection of him on the Bulls was not trash talking, but hustle. willing to hustle, yeah. push, elbow, whatever it took. I and mean, we're talking about a different brand of basketball back then. Yeah, it was a lot more rough pushing yeah. and guys no, getting straight, punched. Yeah, elbows, what? just sneaky elbows, sneaky little jab shots in the, the kidney, you know, that kind of stuff. Like a, a foul back then, in a lot of cases nowadays, would be an ejection. Some of the fouls they used to get away with back then, if they even called it. I mean, it was just a different form of basketball. Yeah. And he I, was, I think, I, yeah, to say it was trash, I, it's kind of a, I, I think with him, his genius was he picked something in basketball that a lot of guys weren't focusing on so you would practice rebounding but now he took it to the next level he would watch film on rebounding not just their sets and what plays they run he would watch video on how the balls would come off the rim yeah and then go from there so it was more grit and just determination and goes well i'm going to focus on this one thing that people aren't focusing on and i'm going to be the best at this so I think I, I don't know how much trash talking he actually did. I don't even know if he maybe he was. Maybe maybe he know. this kid's onto something, but I don't recall him. It was more of him just being a different type of player. It was gonna out hustle you, outwork you too, because apparently yeah. he was a, a a a nut when it came to like hitting the gym and that yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So he really was he really had the athletic it's almost like he's the opposite because he I don't remember him saying a whole lot. He would elbow he would he would beat you up yeah. <laughs> uh, if you were in his way, but he would he was putting in the work. And exactly. that, you know, he he was going to beat you. And that I mean maybe that mental edge because he would just tell maybe he told him. You know, like, well this you guys don't you're you're done. You're I'm, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so sorry, Ben, but who are you crapping? Well, yeah, I mean, we should come up with a better example of, you know, like John Stockton or something might have been better. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I hear he, he pretty he, dirty. I too. think he was really dirty. That's what they always say. And some of those maybe that trash talking and playing a little dirty goes hand in hand too. I, like, maybe, yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's just for fun. Don't take it hard, Ben. He probably won't even listen to this. But you know, who are you crapping? He does let us know. I used to love who you crapping. I'm Boris and Bernstein. I do miss that. I miss that show. That was when. Sports radio was peaking. Peaking, yeah. yeah. So we, I feel bad we haven't talked more about them. We're clo- you know, coming to the final segment, our, our standard what you into thing of the week right now segment. We'll finish off, finish off the show, and we will, before we do that, mention Bruce and Ollie's in lovely Utica, Illinois. Oh, boy. If, so Something for everyone there. There's, it's, it's awesome. Downtown Utica especially like now this time of year with all the seating they have outside. Uh, it's it's just a gorgeous place to visit. And of course, Starve Rock State Park right there. But Bruce and Ollie's is is just such a cool building that the, the Setwinskis, they, they remodeled the whole Bickerman building. So that, that entire Bickerman building, and, and it used to be a hardware store and, and had different purposes over the years, but they've transformed it and they've got some lofts. Yeah, upstairs yeah, for you, like, can, you can rent them out as part out, of Airbnb. Airbnb. And then downstairs, the the actual Bruce and Ollie's is the ice cream uh, store that let me. I want to ice get cream the, shop, coffee cream shop, shop that you can get wine and beer. Uh, so when they and salads and sandwiches, so it's got a little bit of deli. It's got a deli corner where you can get chips and uh, like a crudite, you know, like the that stuff and 
salads and so it's really does so for lunchtime or in the after dinner ice cream night maybe dad gets a beer and the kids get an ice cream yeah they get um, uh, and they, they have it's really good high-end um yeah it's delicious ice cream starved rock coffee yeah they got the coppin caponari yeah caponari's ice cream fresh sandwiches and craft beer mm-hmm. like the good stuff right but yeah they, yeah it's not- it's it's hand picked by Matt Sitwinski, who is a connoisseur and lover of craft beers. Who So these are some of his favorites that they keep on hand there. And there's some really good ones, too. You can get a, a boozy barrel-aged one there for pretty good prices, too, for, oh, really? for the area. I mean, uh, I got to give him some credit for for putting stuff out there and not not gouging or anything like that. It's when it, With it being yeah, a tourist fair. area, it could be it's not too bad. I mean, Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it go, even beyond what we just mentioned, Bruce and Ollie's located inside the Bickerman Building in Utica, Illinois. They serve the Caponaries, ice cream, Star Rock coffee blends, August Hill wine, craft beers, craft sodas, deli sandwiches, salads, and then dog treats made from scratch, like homemade dog treats. Yep. So they, something they, for everybody. Yeah, and they support a lot of our other local businesses in the area oh, as yeah. well. I keep so. seeing things pop up on Facebook for like fundraisers that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, to fund, yeah, I think there was something just, for one of the local and schools. Just, but just selling, you know, using Star Rock Coffee for for the area. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Right? So other Utica businesses, we do <clears> appreciate <throat> their sponsorship, and we yeah. Uh, we, but we go, we go after dinner and uh, just get ice cream sometimes. Oh, nice. So, yeah, just stop in and they have uh, like. Big Connect Four out front, and oh, it's a really it's perfect in the summer. But I have a feeling it's going to be, it's it'll be a nice even winter because he, you could do the hot chocolates and things like that. Even okay. with they, you know, late, when when it starts to get cold out, it'll be a good place to visit maybe after a hike or something. Okay, to, to warm up and hang out a little bit yeah, before so you head if, home. If you happen to be listening and you don't you don't even live in the Illinois Valley, but every once in a while you make a trip back to visit Starve Rock or relatives. Stop in Utica, Illinois, go downtown, and hit up Bruce and Ollie's. Good and call. That, we'll do our final little segment here. Uh, I don't actually have a lot, uh, like our Thing of the Week podcast. I mentioned last time I was going to dive into the business wars on the Vegas, which absolutely loved. Very interesting. A lot of the business wars podcast is usually pinning one business against the other. Yeah. This was a little different, and it was just kind of a history of Vegas. Oh, okay. But... I was just blown away. I mean, I knew Vegas was, you know, had its roots in the mob, uh, but I didn't realize how long. I mean, they they legalized gambling in Vegas in '31, and then in the 1941, I think that's when the mob came first scouted the area, and then from basically I think 1940s all the way through the 70s, it was controlled by the mob. It's like really, really, like 30 solid years. Of of mob control, and then the, you know, then the companies moved in, like Howard Hughes and this Kirk Kirkorian, and then Steve Wynn. Once they moved in, you know, the corporation pushed everybody; they just bought everybody out. Right. Uh, and then you know, th- there was nothing left for the mob, and they just they left town. Uh, the corporations took over. But yeah, I was it was really interesting, and a lot of the the podcast is focused on that first part of of the the mob control and think it's not until like episode five the last two episodes where they kind of get into the the more modern day stuff but that was definitely one i i mentioned it last time i did listen to that definitely worth it the only the other one i've started listening i used to listen to this all the time uh tom Merritt, who does the daily tech news show mm-hmm. it's literally it's a daily tech news show so if you're interested in technology interest well it's technology so it could be internet related video game related phone related tvs and 
streaming video. I mean, he talks about all that kind of stuff. Hadn't listened to him for a long time and kind of just jumped back in and started listening to him again. And uh, it's it's kind of a refreshing, just kind of a it's quick sound bites. Like they just get through the news. Uh, the one that I would mention that I thought was hilarious was let's see if I can pull this up. It was a New Zealand finance committee zoom call oh yeah you told me about this yeah so they had this was a story just the other day that they talked about on tech news today so that's where this is the kind of interesting stuff that they'll talk about there was a zoom call new zealand just like you know city halls do videos now they do their live videos so everybody in the town can watch and normally these the new zealand finance committee will get like 200 people stream their videos because it's not very interesting. Right. Well, apparently, the YouTube video started getting used by people all across the world. They would put it up on their screen at work, or sometimes even at home when they were work- supposedly working from home. They put it up on the screen so it looked like they were involved in a Zoom call, although it was not. It was just a pre-recorded this New Zealand so finance they committee. They just throw the headset on. They just throw the headset on. While well, they're probably exactly. looking at their phone. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Just you know, looking like they're busy, and as a result. The, the video has got, at the last time I checked, it was about 300,000 hits for this, what normally would get about 200 hits. <laughs> so, because so many people are using it. It's like a life <laughs> to, hack. Yeah, a life total hack. life hack. Well, they've got those, like those, the boss buttons where you can do a short hotkey on your keyboard where you can pull up a spreadsheet really quick. There's stuff oh, like that out true. there too. But yeah, so this is the same sort of thing. I thought that was fun. But, uh, that's yeah. hilarious. That's, a, that's all I got really. I mean, some of the... Yeah, podcast. Still listen to Bill Simmons. Checked yeah. out this Huberman Lab. Kind of got to be in the mood for that because he gets pretty hardcore into stuff. But that's like explanation of the body and how things work. Oh, uh, I like that. There's stuff. some really good stuff about him detailing how dreams work and the mind and the effects of what you do on your day to day basis and how it can affect your dreams and the importance of dreams and sleep and good sleep. Well, we, we all know that. Yeah, he goes into real solid, like detail. That's human Huberman Labs. Which is actually, I think it's in the top 100 for podcasts. So it's a fairly popular, fairly fairly popular. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've been uh, doing a little more audiobooks. So the Libby app for that you can get. So if you're if you live in town somewhere and you have access to a library in Northern Illinois here, you can get part of your library card. You can get access to audiobooks, and you borrow them the same way you would borrow a physical book from the library and listen to them. And I know we've talked about this before on the show, but um, man, I'm, in, I'm just intrigued by it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's something that should be promoted because it's a, a real way, a good way to educate yourself and stay and, and enjoy audiobooks for free. It's, it's not free. If you pay taxes, you're paying for it. So right. it's something that you just have access to and probably don't, aren't even realizing that you can. Um, and, and a service that our local libraries provide that that oftentimes I think gets overlooked. So, yeah, I enjoyed a few books. I, I got uh, the Sapiens book, which is the history of humankind. I'm still working my way through that one, actually, because it's like 16 hours or something like that. Whoa. I'm like, yeah, it. I didn't get through it all in one borrowing, so you just put another hold on it, and I'll borrow it again to finish it. Oh, okay, that's um, cool. Yeah, so you can Wait, borrow. Wait, how long do you get? If you you get it for two weeks, two, 14 okay. days. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But for me, I kind of intermittent, kind of come and go to a lot of them. So... You know, making making my way through them sometimes can be a challenge. So I did that Think Again book by this Adam Grant. Think Again was really good. Uh, I do a lot of nonfiction, sort of psychology, human behavior type related stuff. I'm listening to Grit Duckworth. I think he's the author of that one. She might do the podcast with uh, with with uh, Stephen Dubner, the uh, oh. 
what was the what was the name of that one that I was we were just talking about before we started oh, yeah. recording? That's uh, the one I want to subscribe to. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned. Yeah, that. no stupid questions. No stupid questions. Yeah, yeah I want to check which that is one a good out. one. So I've been listening to that, but that show is another podcast of it too. But I, I highly recommend trying to get into. Uh, if even if you like fiction books, sometimes it's fun to have someone read one to you. Yeah. So that that's a, a cool feature. I, I just in general, I guess I did enjoy. Uh, Marin had on David Chase, the creator of Sopranos. Okay. Because uh, the the Sopranos movie is coming out, uh, the prequel. So That'd be if cool. you if you do have HBO Max, they've been. Uh, I think we are going to get access to that in sometime in October. That movie is going to oh, be dropped. Oh, good, good. Um, I think it's going to be in theaters as well. And then now they're just, if you have regular TV, they're showing Sopranos episodes on HBO, and that's fun to just, when you're scrolling channels, just hit up. I've been wanting to do that, go back. I never finished it, and I want to go back and start over and go all the way. They had the Pine Barrens episode on a couple times yesterday when I was flipping channels. Uh, You're just going in between sports and whatnot. The the Ryder Cup was on, so I was watching that yesterday. Okay. And then it was Pine Barrens, like going between Sopranos and golf is a little bit of a, it's like when a kid walks into the room. Back to the golf. Yes. The kids leave and seem distracted. Back to the, you know, I shot him in the fucking head. And you're like, ah, maybe if you could leave the room, you know, he's going to be, yeah. So then it was like, and then you, you get to watch golf. So yeah, that's where I'm at. It's just take it in that different stuff. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, it's enjoyable. Some, it's hard sometimes when you have the kiddos roaming around. It was I remember when my daughter was really young. I, I was like, "This is the best. I get up early with her, six six thirty in the morning, drink my coffee, throw on literally anything on the TV because she's not paying attention, right. and she would just be off playing and, and you know in front of me or whatever. We obviously we're still in the same room, but like two two and a half years old, no interest in the TV at all. Yes, yeah, so you don't have to worry. Yeah, and just and then at a certain point, it was like, oh, those days are over. Yeah, I've got that problem now too. There's <laughs> several things you I want to watch. Their head perk up and you're like shit yeah <laughs> can't watch that yeah. darn it yeah well that's it i i uh you know i'm always taking in content i guess to a degree well I'm, I'm glad you brought up the books because i forgot to mention it earlier in the show uh I'm kind of excited about this the author of the vampire novel fiona's guardians dan clefsted who is the np the host of the local NPR morning show here. So if you, I know I listen to a lot of morning NPR just to get my world news and and Illinois news too. Uh, Dan Clefsted is the, you'd be familiar with him. He's the morning host on the local NPR uh, station. I think it's 91.3. He's coming on our show. Uh, So I I think our next show, episode 99. So we got to kind of work out the details we might even release the show next week, only a week away, if it works out. We'll see how it works out with Dan, but I know he's got uh, he's got his book. His book came out last year, but he's got like a five part. What is it? Yeah, the professional acting company Artists Ensemble Theater is adapting his vampire novel Fiona's Guardians for their Mysterious Journey podcast, and the full episode drops October twelfth. So Dan Clef said is going to be coming on the show. Uh, NPR, and I gotta warn Dan. Go ahead. Well, oh, I'm gonna warn him that he's probably gonna get peppered with some NPR related. I might nerd yeah, out on yeah, him a little okay. bit because I think I li- a lot of the stuff I listen to is NPR podcasts and mm-hmm. NPR related stuff. So, what and what type of book is is it? Just uh, fiction, obviously. I think it's uh, fiction, fantasy. Fa- fa- fantasy fiction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I think I, I believe vampire fantasy, uh, which is a pretty big genre. I yeah. So that'll be anxious. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm, it's actually I'm. 
slightly nervous about it because listening to him on the radio, it'll be weird to talk to him. And a so, real broadcaster. A real, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that we're not real. No, but he's going to probably show us up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope he does. Yeah. I hope he I'd does. I welcome it. We're not, I guess we're, that's... We'll be, we're capable we'll of being humble to you. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Uh, once again, Mr. Sparkle Auto Spa in Peru, Illinois, Union Hall, Star Arcade in LaSalle, Illinois, and Bruce and Ollie's in Utica, Illinois. Thank you so much for sponsoring. Check them out. If you happen to be in LaSalle, 8th Street next week, check me out. I'll Stop by. Maybe I'll throw you a shirt yeah, as long as you're not a large. Yeah, as long as you're not a large. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, that's about all I got, Clayton. Cool. Great episode. And uh, good gambling talk, too. I think yeah. I'm looking forward. Hopefully, so we should do our. Are we, Bears predictions, right? Because we got to visualize the win against the Browns. I am not <laughs> optimistic. I mean, the Browns aren't, their defense kind of. No, they're good. They're, they're, I think offense, they're, they're pretty, they're it, definitely middling and they certainly seem to be better than the Bears. So I didn't mean to have extend to be, the show. Yeah, but. it's going to have to be a, uh, a slug out like. The Bears are going to have to air it up a little bit. And if, yeah, they, yeah, that's what I was like. It's, it's like 38-31 It's going to have to be. They're going to have yeah. to score a lot of points to beat them because right. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense. Although, I mean, the Bears have a good defense, but so uh, they haven't one. looked that great lately. And uh, if as long as Nagy uh, kind of caters his – changes the playbook a little bit right. for, uh, fields. for fields – uh, it could be interesting. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Right. Although I'm going to be on the road, so I'm going to have to listen to it on the radio. Going to Costco. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, so let's get – got to get going. Unless you could, you I can could actually go. start to feel the burn in the back of my neck like my wife's ready yeah, to go. Yeah, you should. I've got that sense. You sensory. should. All right, let's call it. I'm going <laughs> to say the Bears are 38-31. Justin Fields is going to have an all-pro all day. So Okay. And, and that's I, what I'm going to choose to see until then. I'm going to say Bears are going to lose 31-20. to 20. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All, All right. right. Over and out, I guess. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody.